You're in the face of stream Consciously weaving the collective dream Grounding nature's magic in reality Oh, hello! Welcome back to Confessions of a Face Soul podcast. I'm your host, Raven, and I'm doing another flying solo episode. Um, I, I'm going to just kick it off with a fucking confession, which is why I love having this podcast. It's like, you know what I'm feeling today, guys? I'm feeling a confession coming on. So it's like I just pop on. I'm like, all right. Sounds about right. Um, so my confession is, is that I actually have, I'm sitting here in the same as I did part one. I'm sitting here with my little candle. I got my setup going on and it, I tried to record this episode like, oh yeah. And there's my neighbors yelling right on cue. <laughs> but anyway, I tried to record this friggin' episode. I want to say like over 20 times and that's not even an exaggeration. And I wish that it was, I, I was really like integrating a lot as I'm sure a lot of us have been through these retrograde planets. Um, it's October 2nd today when I'm recording this and uh, Mercury is set to go into forward momentum motion. So that's good. But I was just integrating so much since the last episode. And then, you know, I with last year at the end of October, it was October 25th when I entered into the OnlyFans and the current, like that is some golden shadow in the collective unconscious. And it, anyway, that current is like surfacing through me right now. So, you know, for those that have kind of done some work with me and followed along, you know, in the Mer Essence classes that I do, which is more of like an embodiment in this current where we're connecting kind of to the blue and black dragon currents though other currents have come into play um that's mainly what we're working with and we're working in these embodied dream states to kind of explore different subconscious narratives that we could be interacting with in the collective unconscious in that face whole stream so it's kind of really cool like i mentioned in the last episode um that is kind of like, I'm kind of watching this now where consciously where I'm like, Oh, Oh wow. Like these energies that I spent so much time integrating with these witchcraft characters and things that I've mentioned on past episodes, it's almost like now I'm just sitting here in my full Ravens. (laughs) I'm like, Whoa, are we about to like ride the golden dragon money current like into our hearts content? And I think we might be. <laughs> so, so buckle up. <laughs> so, oh God, I'm like, just once October hit, the witch in me and the, the ravens. Oh man, the trickster. I, I love the trickster. And, you know, on the other side of the know-it-all is the dumbass. And I was a real coyote medicine for those that know. And my dad, that was his medicine. So that's part of my unique story too. I'll just throw that out there is that um, I was like, You know, after the Kundalini awakening and all that trauma and stuff, I was really aware at um, the characters. I I would just call them characters. They were really independent, autonomous, archetypal characters and how they were interacting within me. And then which family members, ancestry, lands, like you name it, I had kind of this roadmap unraveling. And that is because, for those that don't know, in the past, prior to my Kundalini awakening, I had 
started kind of I had a thick dense shadow like how I talked about and I was projecting all of my trauma without knowing into something called the story series which was a story that I kind of made that I wanted it to be immersive fairy tale where people could come into and anyway so that is why I have an archetypal language that people have labeled quasi Jungian um, because individuation happens whether one is aware of it or not. And so that's kind of where Carl Jung was like maladaptive for me was because I like I was already in my own archetypal hell of kind of what he wrote about. <laughs> so I had my own words and terms and names and everything for it, which then as I integrated through the dragon consciousness, I was able to finally deduce in a lot of cases to currents like main streams of consciousness that included colors or whatever. And the reason that that's easier for me and for others to understand is because then something like the mer essence with the blue and black currents can actually be applicable to a lot of different things unique to the individual experience. And so I always said, like, if I had written down the story for everybody to read, all I really would have had is a roadmap of my own individuation through the psyche and how that connected to the collective. So you guys are all lucky. I did write a lot of it down. Not all of it, but some of it that I didn't burn. I burnt a lot of it, but I, I think I'm going to be releasing, like, I would really like to release it at least as an ebook to have the subspace undercurrents and kind of like this dragon book I'm gonna it's gonna be my kind of like winter goal I'm like all right let's see if we could get this and because I did save all a lot of the posts from the OnlyFans and my integrations and so when I was reading it back just now I was like holy fucking shit like I think the only thing that's changed here is that I don't have shame of these evil sinister parts I uncovered (laughs) I don't know that I actually got like good I think I just realized I was a trickster and I was like, okay, so like there's no heroes return. There's no villains return. Like we're just one in the same and I'm just going to keep going. So that's kind of what leads me to today's episode is I just have like a bunch of those types of confessions where I'm just kind of like really realizing that life is what you make it. And I just didn't necessarily need to tell my whole story and you know, I, I kind of want to push myself to maybe try and get it inside some kind of a reading, readable, digestible thing. Because mostly I just lived it. And that's why it was really cool because I got to experience everything very mythically. Oh, and since the last episode as well, I realized like where my anger at Carl Jung was kind of really coming from. Now, I'm not, like, that was definitely attached to Disney and modern mind control 100% from my perspective and what I had to, like, and what I had, like, unconsciously done to myself. And it was definitely connected to really dark black magic. But a lot of that magic was my own hand, unconscious. So that's kind of that boomerang effect of of the ravens. And so now I'm just kind of like really seeing how much like integrating things like the Unseelie and the fairy like helped me because it helped me kind of, you know, the fairies don't really have the same moral compass. So like in episodes like Asphodel's in mine where we talk about that good and the bad and things like that, that really helped me with my integration. Um, And then you know just even the ravens like I started thinking about like how much I integrated my own humanity this year and I think that was like 
what allowed me to now kind of sit down and after relinquishing like the face soul stream and everything else, it's like, whoa, did I really fucking like do that? Did I really like land back here? And now I feel like, I don't know, yesterday I felt like I was some kind of shining one. I felt so bright and shiny, <laughs> like in the darkness. I was just like, wow, look at me. I'm here. I'm like a certified shadow worker. And I'm in this, like, I'm enrolled in this dream therapy and analysis course and we're starting a witch's group and a dream group and I've got the Patreon going. So I don't know. It's just nice to kind of be full circle and not trying to save or rescue or do anything with anybody. It's just more like trying to create. I've just, now my goal is to just keep trying to share content and create safe online and in-person spaces for, you know, like-minded individuals that want to kind of live life more psychoshamanically because we all like the truth is is that we all have what we need inside of us and so I think like my big disconnect in like the business hat side of things was that I like especially when I saw it because like I talked about in my experience with retail banking I'm also a certified executive business leadership coach no joke I know it's hilarious and you know there's a lot of knowledge that I have. I also was like an office manager where like I did a lot of recruitment. My business acumen skills are actually surprising. Like a lot of people are surprised because of my valley girl type carefree rebel persona. But it legit is that I just don't give any fucks. Like I could care less. That's very trickster of me. And, you know, the opposite of that know-it-all is a dumbass. And so sometimes you got those, like, you know, the masochistic laughs at your own fucking coyote self because that's just how the trickster is. In the, and it's a universal, unconscious, collective archetype. So in my opinion, it's worth integrating. And it's definitely a lot of fun once you don't really have shame in it. Because then you really know that self-gratification child. And your inner wounded hero, as far as I'm concerned. And then when you know those things, those are really good things to know about yourself in the collective unconscious. Anyway, so like to go back to that gold current in the dragon, I'm kind of excited because it feels like, okay, last year at the, like, you know, around the same time, I was like, I didn't want to necessarily go in the OnlyFans. I kind of painted it in this, like, I always, you know, obviously tried to paint it as nice as I fucking could. I wasn't like, hey guys, I'm just going to go be a sex worker. Even with my mom, but because I had been an exotic dancer in the past and done lots of that stuff, the pole itself as well, because of all the metal magic and everything that now I'm shifting into, like, I don't even dance with the pole at all. Um, but... I guess what I'm trying to articulate is like, I, I, it was haunting me. I really did have to go look at that and I didn't know what I was going to uncover down there. And now kind of being on the other side, I guess because, and I'm not judging and I'm just saying like, if we actually look at it more in a collective zoomed out and you kind of look at the OnlyFans as something like you're going into a collective feed loop of consumption, right? Like you're just in it. Right away, you know exploitation is going down. It's it's literally built right into the model of the platform. And so to kind of know that going in, which I sent on my shadow shifting thing, I entered the wound consciously and I ended up leaving the space because I could never get out of that said wound that I entered into. There wasn't a place for what was happening. So that's when I realized I was just integrating collective shit. So I kind of integrated everything that was mine and, and how it was like that really showed me the reflection in the collective. 
that allowed me to see concepts like how I was claiming in Carl Jung and everything else. Like I, I actually got that reflection. Like that's where I saw and met all the Jungians. <laughs> I was like, hey, how's it going here on the Jungian little haven over there, boys? <laughs> you know, that's where all the Jungians came in. And I, and I, it was funny because I have this in my notes. So this is why this ebook is kind of fun for my inner trickster. Like, I really do want to share it because, well, you know, even Sean McNever, he's somebody that I met on Bumble, but we never met, like, in person. We didn't make it that far, but I did. he did end up getting a little excerpt in the Dragon Book. But, yeah, it's because he was an acting coach. So, yeah, he was even saying, like, art without humility is an art it's scrapbook and like you know you want humility my experience in in the only fans definitely gave me that but that is what the scariest part of the shadow is is that it's unconscious so when you make it conscious and then you see how that's fucking playing out it's big deal but in hindsight I'm realizing that that alone helped me see it playing out on the surface so I was kind of like blind to how quote-unquote sex work and like the mass magician and the split anima of our collective fucking consciousness actually plays out but now I get to see it playing out on the surface and so that allows me to catch it better and like make sure that my actions are like less fucking white supremacy colonialism and a capitalist that's like exploitative you know so you know I'm not perfect I'm just saying it did award me more awareness and now I'm on the upcurrent of that and I also got a lot of spun wisdom in regards to the fairy and the elf and everything else so it was kind of cool to have that and then yeah, just also just like kind of wash my hands clean of it. It, it. it was it was a lot of guilt and shame and everything. And I just kept going. I kept integrating it. I, and that is like really admirable. And you know, not met not all not everybody would get to like really embody and see themselves the way that I got to see my own self through that this experience. And as a result, it's really helped me kind of ground words for things that are happening already within our consciousness. It helps me provide like, you know, I always look at it as kind of stitching gaps in the psyche together so that people can do more of these like embodied experiential kind of like dream integrations um, that we do in the myrrh. We can, you know, get in our creature. We can make life more of a shamanic ritualistic experience that we're just integrating our shadow like all the time, like as we move through life, which a lot of people do. But I think there is a lot, like especially after like everything that I experienced, there's a lot of gaps in the mental body and the mental body alone. And, you know, I just would like to say that, like, my anger at Carl Jung was because I had another projection. So it wasn't really about him at all. It was actually, and I don't even, and this is why I re-recorded this episode, like, over and over and over again. is because I kept mentioning this individual. I even recorded an episode where I told the whole fucking story. And I was just like, fuck it. I don't even fucking care. Like, I don't want to talk about this because that's how that shadow manifests. But I did just want you to sit, like, no 
that there was an individual that was an unconscious, like I had an unconscious uh, projection onto them. And, and it was like, if you look at an iceberg, it was kind of like once my Kundalini was awakened, they were like the fucking whole entire like ice Antarctica. And I only knew about like a tip. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. So that is kind of like, we could look at that as like an unconscious kink. And right away when I talked to them, so I, my Kundalini had awoken, but I hadn't gone to the psych ward. And just, this is kind of like the only, I guess, piece of information about this individual you really need to know is that in that moment of talking to them, I thought that because I was seeing everything at once and I saw my projections list, I lift, I thought that we were like attached to something that was like unraveling together, which technically speaking, we were, but it was all mine. It was all my own projections, um, which I've since lifted off of them. And I didn't want to talk about them because that's how my shadow I realized would manifest, would be kind of talking publicly in hopes that they would like receive me or witness me or whatever. And I didn't realize that this whole time that's what I was doing. So I was unconscious to the fact that when I was like doing all my dancing in the past, my story, all the stuff, all I wanted like was not to be famous or have an audience or anything. I just wanted that one person to see me. So then once I kind of started realizing that, that's when I was able to like really remove it. And like, I, I, and like, inter like kind of like I guess remove myself slowly from social media and that's another place the haven really helped me with that integration is because like I was interwoven into the screen because of that as well so I had to kind of like get out of that in my own time but anyway when I had that awakening they said it sounds like you're possessed by the magician which I was and they also said oh my god it's your dream weaving like when I was trying to articulate all of my information and they were a Jungian so their reflection was healing like there was a lot going on but in hindsight and like sitting here now presently I I like it, it I just kind of think this was like destined because of the way like this shit is like you couldn't even write like this would be a good story to write but I don't want to write it because I lived it <laughs> but it, it would be a good story and it was a great story for everybody that got to participate so thank you I'm in awe of you and your participation and witness of me and this unraveling of my soul and the fairy accord but it just kind of makes sense like that I, you know, if they were kind of a person on my quest giving me information, then I hyper fixated. But then as I started integrating, then like their witness of me at a Jungian lens was what propelled that uh, anger at Carl Jung. I didn't know that until recently. So it was actually more that I hated. I didn't, I thought I was hating Carl Jung's witness of me, but really I was hating their, my perception of that person's witness of me because I had projected they were this phantom watching me, this conscious observer, which was like another trauma altogether. And then this, the actual person didn't even fucking, like it was like they were in another completely different reality. It was really, it was really something. But I don't know if any of this is me. <laughs> October rolls in and we're fucking nuts. Um, I'm just going to drink some of my tea. But yeah. 
Anyway, all of this after it being said and done has helped me integrate the dragon and the fairy accord and the end. And that's another thing about that projection on the individual. The unraveling of it showed me that it was nothing to do with him and I and everything to do with universal. So it was a universal kink. And then I had like my own kind of mythological uh, map of that and I could reflect that out. So then it it was kind of cool because then something like the myrrh essence, you know, without knowing that kind of mass magician side of me or this like kind of like, there was a lot of factors because in the human and the fairy alone, there was like the sum and the dom. There was lots of things playing out that I've since integrated, but um. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know where I was going with that, but it was just really interesting to come full circle and be like, whoa. Um, So yeah, I I didn't really want to like waste my time talking about the old story. And then when I was looking at my notes, oh yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Because in my notes... Like, you know, I'm I, in the myrrh essence as an example, like I had a lot of shame about that being kind of like I called it like, am I being a magician like sketchy over there when I was first doing the myrrh? And the truth is, is that it, it, it would have been in like a capitalist, like exploitative, unconscious kind of thing where I'd be like luring everybody's aerial essentially and like really core archetypal structures. OK, I'll just leave it at that, like where. You know, and, and and there's there's podcasts on this about ancestral wounds. Like, you, you can really hit people. Like, you know, if you say something like the witch wound and your service is built around that, I, I would encourage you to just check in. Because everybody is fucking wounded and has trauma and this and that. So, like, we really shouldn't be, like, saying that we're healing others. Like, we're, because that's a lie. Um, so just kind of check in. But, you know, I guess, like, the myrrh essence I'm trying to articulate done like could be done in a kind of a sinister way but that was like this whole integration was like as I was forgiving myself and kind of really understanding these like kind of more sinister core parts of me then that allowed me to really be like oh okay like you know you're not I'm not doing anything wrong I'm I'm helping people I'm I'm making it more open and expansive and I'm not trying to like direct anyone anywhere other than themselves. And so it's just been really beautiful to kind of realize that. And also another really cool realization that I had during this whole thing was um, Selkie and I, cause nobody really imagined, we called it imagine dance, but nobody really like, and like, well, I shouldn't say nobody does it. Everybody does it. Nobody's fucking conscious of it. And Selkie really helped me kind of like integrate that because she was the only other person I had ever met that did these like embodied dream kind of alchemies. That's what I would call them. We called it imagine dance as well. So we could call it that too. It just does minimize it. So, and in the OnlyFans, this is like kind of what was most alarming about that platform, if you really want to know, was that I felt fucking safe sharing my most like truth in there so that was fucked up like I I was observing that as it was happening and I couldn't really identify like why I I was like I don't know why I feel safe in a sex worker platform being like hi here's all like my secret shamanism and skill sets and I don't want to share it on the surface yet but here it is 
Um, but it, it was because at the time I kind of felt crazy. Like it was kind of more of this madness and me not accepting my feminine and still feeling judged by an external masculine. So I was giving like the outside observer a lot of power over me. Um, which I think is like really normal, right? Like we do tend to care about the external, especially in social media when we're unconsciously feeding that shadow and not really understanding where that part is coming from or what's driving it. And then the shadow is getting fed like kind of like a rat on that like feeder thing, but it's not integrating. It's just being reenacted. And like actually a lot of people and our ancient elders would be like, oh yeah, expression, the shadow needs to be expressed. But if expressing the shadow integrated it, like I wouldn't have had that experience of being like lost in a fucking dream world of my own for like three years plus. Um, because expressing the shadow doesn't integrate it in the unconscious. I, I was literally, I had posts where I was like embodied in my dark side and like saying that I had integrated it. But it was not integrated. It was getting fed. So anyway we can just kind of like look at those parts of ourselves and like really kind of move through them. And this whole experience really did help me with that. And I wanted to talk about Selkie. So it's been kind of interesting because now I guess because of that experience and I had more archetypal structures kind of like laid down and I've watched myself get out of this loop. So he was right, that individual, when he said, it sounds like you're dream weaving. So remember in the last episode, I told you what happened with the raven, the twilight, right? The twilight master touching the dream weave. So that's what I was doing in the sinister megalomaniac God complex because the ego plays the self so fucking well the ego plays the self so well phil good life comes to mind where he's like get out of the story blah 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 it's like oh what character are you playing phil good god certainly sounds like it when you're telling everybody you're going the right way everybody's going the wrong way and like you know what i mean just kind of observe it from that like fan mob mentality where it's like i've watched him like tear apart people under the illusion of going the right way in love (laughs) like wow that's some dense shadow there like beings watch out um but yeah I don't really remember where the fuck I was going with this but oh yeah the dream weaves so yeah that was like okay so I'm just gonna level with you guys one of my most sinister fucking core parts is that I was a dream stealer Yes, a dream stealer because of all this like credentials and background and shit that I'm telling you. And I didn't realize that I had this like kind of, I guess, like perfect right hand man inside of me, like this subby bitch. I did not know that about myself truly. And I really didn't even know about the femdom in me either. I I didn't really know any of these parts, but they were there. And um, yeah, so I just... Part of my revenge, because I was really vengeful, and a lot of the story series was unconsciously being driven by revenge. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I one of my main tactics, looking back and after this integration, I see it so clearly, of getting revenge on people because I was such a high-performing, it was easy for me to achieve things set my mind to something, put a goal, and I I could do it. It it was really easy. But the problem was is that I had a weak sense of self. And so what I would do, and sometimes not even really knowing, but my revenge usually involved dream stealing. 
So what I mean by that is if your dream was to meet like a famous rock star, I would fucking meet them first and have sex with them and rub that in your face. Oh, yes, I would. There's that evil dragon siren I told you about in the last episode. Or let's say your dream was like to earn the cruise at uh, the bank that I worked at. I would achieve that in my first year back after that leave. And that is a true story. Or let's say your dream was like, you know, to have like a fucking royal performance gala. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you, my ex-RVP. Maybe I'll just make an immersive fairy tale and rub that fucking dream in your face. So a lot, or let's say your dream was just to succeed because they fired your ass and promoted the guy that you had an affair with, like classic bank people would. And you were pissed about that. So you wanted to fucking throw mud in their face because you had to be a secret. Like these were real, real, real drivers of what I was creating. And I didn't, even though they were being reenacted before my very eyes, I did not know. And then I had projected them all on that phantom individual. So it was really funny because, yeah, in the aftermath anyway, to like why I'm bringing this all up is that essentially if you guys have been following along this whole time, you've been watching me like a fucking onceler, you know, seeding. I've been seeding the dreams that weren't mine. It's almost like I've been relinquishing dreams like where I'm like, oh my God, this wasn't mine. And so the beauty of this is that that's the boomerang effect of the Raven medicine, right? I told you the surrender to the medicine of the unfold on the other side. It's there. It's divine. You've already woven it. It's already done. There's nothing you can do. So to stop, like, I just kind of want to plug mental health just really quick here. So I'm not saying you can't go on medication or identify in a label, but if you get stopped there, You know what I mean? You got to kind of look at it as like, uh uh-oh, that's like, you don't want to get stuck in your own story, right? So if you're running a narrative on a loop, regardless of what it is, it doesn't mean you have to get out of it. It just means like what I said the last time, it's more about getting conscious of it. Otherwise, I'd still be kind of stuck in bipolar and everything else when when in actuality, I was balancing the polarities and the dragon, um bipolar probably was a factor I probably was bipolar to be honest like I would have diagnosed me the same way though I don't have a psychology degree in hindsight I totally would the signs are there but to do it as an experience and to kind of find my place in the polarities and on the spectrum and kind of like you know integrating that good bad it's uh You know, it was easy for me. I also had those projected characters. So I could see like in bipolar, a lot of people don't know this, but it's actually three. There's three distinct characters or personalities. There's like the kind of idealized parent, parental, like imagio, which is just kind of like what you thought your idealized self was based on like the outside opinions of others, usually your parents and your upbringing. And then there's the grandiose narcissistic sense of self. And then like, so usually that's like a, like a personified like ego. And then we have the overarching in between alter ego. So I had like all, I had like characters where eventually I could like be like, oh wow, like here they are. So it was, one could argue it was harder to integrate because they were thicker, but one could also argue that it was like easier to integrate because there was defined characters that we could see in like, right? And like, to be honest, these complexes are really autonomous anyway, which means that we really don't have any fucking control over them. So that's why it's better to kind of know them. 
hopefully this is making sense. But anyway, so the dream weave on the other side was me kind of like unwinding. And then to be honest, the only thing that sucks now that I will mention is that that other individual, like I never really truly got to know who they actually were. And like now where I am, where, where I'm at, like sometimes I'm just like, fuck. Cause on the surface, like it looks like we have really similar interests. And then I'm just like, Oh God. So that kind of sometimes scares me where I'm like, shit, did I steal their dream and just like embody that? But the more I kind of just sit back, I'm like, no, like this is who you are and they just showed you that. So it, yeah, like, but anyway, because of the way that I have been in the past, I kind of thought maybe that was happening. And they wrote a book as an example. So then I was like, well, I don't want to write a book. Like it, maybe I'm just trying to get back at them or trying to like, I'm trying to be cool like they are. And it, like, you know, it was more Dr. McCall that told me to fucking write my shit down. <laughs> he was like, yo, people need to know what you're talking about here. And like a lot of people kept saying that to me. And I was like, damn it. But I also wasn't feeling very grounded. I've been like integrating all this dragon stuff and... And that was another thing, like, when I was kind of doing all these episodes and then not publishing them, it was because I had, like, this really deep imposter syndrome where all of a sudden, grounded on the other side, like, really grounded, like, really, all of a sudden, um, I guess, like, credentials, like, that's why I started, like, doing these certifications and courses and stuff, because even though I know everything and I just experienced all of it and did it all... And I have my own methods and everything now as a result, which is beautiful. I was kind of feeling like an imposter where I was like, oh, I don't like, but like, who am I? Like, I don't have this knowledge. So I, I've just been trying to kind of balance both worlds. And also like release outside opinions of me. So those are all kind of going away now too, which is really beautiful. So I'm feeling like really excited about, oh yeah, and the Imagine Dance. It was just three, 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 three. Yeah, so Selkie kind of came to me and she's like, yo, Raven, I want to do like an unsealing workshop. And I was like, oh my God, I would love that. And then to kind of go off of like what I was saying now, kind of being really aware of that circle kind of going around and being like, oh, the Haven energy, that OnlyFans energy is surfacing. Like the gold current is here. Um, you know, kind of removing that need that, you know, now I know from my body injuries and everything else, like I, I don't want to be feeding the, the transformer performer archetype as I called it. Like, I don't, I know that that part of me just wanted that other person to witness them. So now like, I don't have to do that. So then I was like, okay, maybe like I'll funnel this energy into my new Patreon and like, I can kind of show people some of the things that like, I've learned and how to like explore the shadow and how to explore like these inner healings of the fairy accord and there are inner humanity and our relationship with the fae and um then I started thinking like okay like maybe anytime I feel like I need to like because you have to understand like these are really strong archetypal influences in me and just because I'm aware of them doesn't mean that I can stop them because some of them are fucking enjoyable and so there's really nothing wrong with that if I make that choice. Like I'm not saying, but a lot of them were unhealthy and maladaptive. So I, I, I would like to continue to integrate them. And so I decided where I was like, okay, 
just because, like, I don't want to do, like, another round. I don't want to do another round of the same shit. Like, I'm really out of that fucking hole. And I'm like, okay, like, this is where we get to weave something new. So I was like, maybe as the energy services, I can kind of funnel that into the book so that I can kind of give the readers of the content even though some people if if you were an if you were a fan of mine you would have read mass majority of it already if you did choose to read as opposed to just screenshot my fucking body but anyway i i think it'll it'll help me kind of ground and i think it'll help i think it'll just help me in general with the dragon and everything Oh, and that's another thing I want to mention because I brought up Jack and Dea. So Jack, we could kind of almost look at now. I'm not like these are projections. So this has really nothing to do with the people. But like Jack was more akin to like a, a dragon consciousness that has to die. Not him in particular, but kind of like that old white man dragon. And like these older concepts of dragons where as an example, Jack would always say like Jack would kind of make the dragon more elitist. And a lot of people do this, where it's like, oh, there's only a certain amount. Whereas that is not the case in the way that Dea and I perceive it. Or this new energy of, so I would call Dea more of this newer dragon energy. Again, and I'll say this until the end of time, and when we're doing our podcast together, we'll probably mention it. Just because we know that we're doing this together doesn't mean that we both have the same ways of doing that. Or the same opinions on it. Which I think is totally valid and fair. And that's something about the dragon consciousness in general that has to be considered is that some people are calling it the dark serpent. Some people are calling it this, whereas like, I'm definitely here for the rainbow. I I'm here for the rainbow warrior ride. I definitely have rainbow energy. It's something that I used to be really ashamed of in myself. And I have no idea, like I don't have Australian roots, but the Australian rainbow serpent and kind of like, I think it might have a lot to do with like Care Bears voodoo. Um, I started, I actually just did a dark goddess like diploma and they did a whole series on voodoo and Selkie just sent me this podcast as well about spirit dance where it's kind of like what her and I do. Like we, we kind of like invoke really dark archetypal structures but to integrate the shadow and so people either do that completely fucking unconscious and then they don't do anything in it other than like give their body over to like an entity or an archetype and think that magic is happening when it's really not and then uh or they or they just don't do that they don't allow themselves the permission to kind of let go of the self so yeah, it's just like there's a lot like flowing through that I kind of want to like, you know, integrate and move through. And I think that you just can't necessarily like articulate the dragon because it's so unique to everybody. And yeah, <laughs> it's been such a wild fucking ride for me. But yeah, that story was... The side quest was a little bit interesting. So I, I don't know that this is going to be the episode, guys. I feel like I'm, I'm fading. I feel like I'm bored. I'm like, yeah, I don't even know. So I'm just going to go for now. And, you know, hopefully we can just, like, integrate this shit together. Just move through it. But I am excited to get some of these dragon currents up and running. I will say that.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Confessions of a Face Old Podcast. If you would like to support me, Raven Allison, here are some simple, easy ways that you can do so. Number one, if you would like to make a monetary donation to the PayPal link provided in the description of each episode, all of those proceeds go back into projects in alignment with the Fairy Accord and help me continue to host content for free. Another way you can support me is by following my new podcast, The Raven Magic Podcast, which is a podcast dedicated to helping others explore their shadow safely. If you resonate with the Fae Soul Consciousness and are new to these episodes, I encourage you to follow along. This was part of my own shadow integration, and if you want more information, you can head over to the Avalon Podcast where Dea Isadora and I did a series on the dragon shadow and the fairy accord where we compartmentalize each section of this threefold agreement as an internal and external relationship for you to explore your shadow as well and finally you can become a member of my patron which is a community dedicated to integrating the shadow because that is literally what it is when you are identified as a basal or dragon or any of this stuff collectively we are integrating the shadow and we need to provide others with safe community ways to do that to feel safe in their truth and to ground instead of being lost in a fantasy so thank you for listening along to this episode of confessions of a face podcast and i appreciate you supporting me as i continue to unfold my own sacred quest 